1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman.
3: Good morning, welcome back to the Sports Radio Six Ten Outdoor Show, hour number two already. So let's head down Port of way. Let's check in with Captain Lynn Smith, see what he's up to. Good morning, Lynn. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Looks like a pretty weekend, man.
4: A, well finally good. Yeah, it,
3: uh we had some nasty weather over here yesterday evening and end of the night and uh but it's cleared out now. We got some strong north winds pushing it out it'll be sunny and diminishing in the afternoon so yeah Yeah. i saw y'all had
4: that on saw that on radar
3: man it just it just built up right on top of us and kept growing and growing and back building and get over the bay and then back in down the shore it was crazy man man Man.
4: (laughs) well it was pretty here um we had some pretty weather but um yeah for the weekend it was pretty now friday friday that wind picked up friday but uh but I was back in the lakes, and and uh, of course that didn't didn't bother us back there. But uh, I think I covered every lake from Port O'Connor to Panther Point, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Man, there's
3: and there's a that's a lot of water, in them back lakes that you're talking about. That's uh, yep. Did you have some good bull tides to be able to get up in there and do your thing?
4: Oh yeah, oh you yeah. Had, we had plenty had of water.
3: tides too. We had some yeah, super high. Yeah, we tides. had plenty. We had plenty of
4: water. So yeah. that wasn't a problem. I, I like it when we got these high tides. You know, you can oh, yeah. you can cover a lot of water. And them uh, redfish and redfish like
3: it too. They get back way back up in them lakes when those bull tides.
4: Oh, they do, man, They do. And uh that's that's what we were we were catching, you know. I was hoping to catch some some good trout back in there too, but uh I mean we caught trout but uh but you know, they were like sixteen and seven eighths. You know, yeah, just uh, under that 17
3: inch minimum. That's (laughs) That's right. Same thing. Matagorda
4: (laughs) goes through a lot, too. (laughs) Oh, man, we were squeezing the tail on them boy. (laughs) I said, oh, man, he just won't quite make it. You know, some would be right on the line. I said, I guarantee you you throw him on ice and he he won't make it. Oh, yeah, he won't make it on a
3: ruler later. You know, I had a game warden tell me one time that a trout won't shrink up. Oh, come on. I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, "We you know, know better they, than they, that. They won't draw up on you." Well, I I beg to differ. Yeah, I I've seen to it with
4: that. Yeah, you better know it. We know better than that.
3: Even if yeah. you straighten him all out and mash him flat and hit him on that checkered stick, they'll lose you know an 8 right. to three sixteenths of an inch you know length oh, easily. You know those little pencils. I guarantee
4: stuff. you. I I never will forget. I, I I was fishing uh, a tournament. Uh, I think it was Babes on the Bay, and uh, I was fishing, helping the, the guys out, and we were fishing that tournament in Rockport one time, and and I never forget, I was standing in line, and and I saw a guy, uh, he, and I'll never forget this. This old boy had some redfish, and he uh, he bounced this redfish on the concrete on his nose, yeah, you know, so that he'd make the length.
3: Exactly.
4: And, and man, I said, oh man, come on. You know that that really made me mad that he did that. You know uh, they, he was a little bit over the line, so he bounced him on his nose. So he, when they put him on the stick, he he'd be legal. Well, you know I've seen
3: redfish when I fished all them redfish tournaments. You can catch one, and when he's all amped up and you fought him down, he's he, he's uh, you know bristled up and and buffed up. You put him on a check-it stick, and he's under, you know, just under the 28-inch minimum, and Mm -hmm. uh, you put him in that live well and let him relax, you can pull him back out of there later, and he'll go over the line. Is that right? Yes, and that's why a lot of those guys were dumping sacks and sacks. They'd carry an offshore cooler with just sacks of ice in there just so they could pour ice in the live wells to draw those fish up. Mm -hmm. And uh, then when they'd get them in the weigh bags, then right before they get to the uh, scales, you know, before you get them measured, they'd be kicking on those bags and making those redfish jump around and go crazy in those bags and 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 uh, hump up where they could get their measurement out of them. I'll be done. But uh, yeah, grumpy. you could uh, you could take those reds, you know, if you're in a kill tournament, and just pack them in ice and draw them up and uh, shrink them to, un- you know, under the limit size. And then if you got one that's just touching or a little over, they'll drop them on their nose and flatten that nose out on them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. A lot of tournaments had to uh, look for that or they'd bust that cartilage down in that nose and get that extra eighth inch, you know, mm-hmm. or shorten it eighth of an inch that they needed to, you know, get it under the,
4: the limit. Boy, that, that's not right, you know.
3: Bending the rules, right.
4: baby. It's the world we live yeah. in these days. <laughs> that's right that's right but we caught uh you know we caught quite a few trout that were just under 17 and then uh we bounced around through those lakes and uh you know we're catching reds and then uh i circled around i was working my way back and uh uh when one of the lakes and a buddy of mine called me he and his wife were uh were just about where i was headed and uh he, he said he and his he and his wife had stopped and uh they were throwing top waters and uh they got on them and uh literally they were anchored up throwing top waters and just smoking them really and uh, cool. i said you gotta be kidding me he said no so they were actually only about i'd say about 500 yards from where i was so he's over there and uh and he was he was boated up, man. He was hooked up. And uh, anyway, it was funny. He <clears throat> he called that mean. He what he, he called me on the phone. He said, "Hey," he said. Uh, he said, "My wife just caught one about twenty-three inches or so." And he said, uh, "That red had a white gulp uh, in his mouth with a leader on it." <laughs> he said, "And uh, that fish hit hit my wife's top water." <laughs> 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 yeah, sure did. And then,
3: I had a, uh, a wading trip one time. We were wading, and uh, the Choice bait was a chartreuse mirror lure with gold sides. We were we were back over in the back east bay, and uh, it was like February, and, and we were throwing mirror lures for big trout, and we got in reds. I had a guy next to me, and the one next to him, we were in a lineup going down a shoreline, and we got in those reds, and we're just standing there. The same red ate one guy's lure, the one next to me, and then swam over and ate the other guy's lure. They reeled it in. They were both sitting there playing tug-of-war with the same red. I said, hey, Mm -hmm. y'all got the same fish. Somebody push your button in. Yeah. Well,
4: that happened to me in the surf last
3: year. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Boy, when they're eating, they're eating. You can't keep them off anything. Even when they're hooked and you're reeling them in, they'll swim over and eat somebody else's bait. That's crazy. Yeah.
4: That happened to me last year. Two guys were fighting fish, and I said, y'all both have the same fish. The sure enough, they on did. it. <laughs> Playing yeah. tug-of-war. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, but, uh, no, anyway, and then <clears throat> and then yesterday we had our uh, we had our CCA banquet here last night. Right. And uh, then a couple of friends of mine, uh, they went out fishing a little bit yesterday, and they, they got the banquet last night, and one of them, and his wife ran up to me, and they said, "Oh, we got a story for you, boy." They said, "Oh, this is awesome." And uh, anyway, they uh, they went out and they took this other friend of mine with them. Well, uh, my buddy uh, hooked a fish, hooked a red, and uh, they were in one of the lakes. And uh, his wife laid her rod down. She'd thrown out her top water, laid her rod down, which is, you know, that's a that's a no no. You know, right? If and, you don't uh, put it down, next, put it in the holder. That's exactly right. Well, next thing you know, of course, there goes her rod. Oh no. Jerked off the boat. And what'd she do? She jumped off the boat after the rod. <laughs> she went in for it. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> and she got it. She got a rod, but Well,
3: the price yeah. of rod and reels these days, hey, five, six, seven hundred bucks, you know, people have invested oh, gosh, yeah. a big stick and uh <laughs> Oh yeah. did she get it?
4: Uh Oh, yeah, she got it. But uh, I bet she went to her knees in the mud in this particular lake because it's muddy, boy. Right. Uh, Uh I mean, you you go to your knees, you know. Of course, a lot of these lakes, you know, back in in there, during World War II, this was a bombing range, you know. I
3: remember hearing stories about that. That's why they got that one place called the Army Hole or whatever.
4: Right. But that whole island was a bombing range and uh if you fly over it uh there's a lot of potholes on that island and they're all round you know those are just bomb holes yeah and uh, bomb craters so that, man that's what they are and um uh, i you know where my duck blind was over there i'd go run my airboat over and and you know about oh, 100 yards or so from the blind and i'd walk back and and there'd be brass uh shell casings like 20 millimeter shell casings or something like that
3: Oh, they'd come off the belts on those airplanes and stuff oh yeah
4: yeah fall into the ground Uh uh-huh they'd be everywhere and um yeah that whole island was was a area that was a strafing range and all that
3: right remember when we were kids uh they had those commercials about (laughs) live ordnance. you know like artillery shells and uh Mm -hmm. caps and all that don't touch it and you know, you blow your hand off or blow yourself
4: up. Remember
3: those commercials yeah. when we were young kids, warning us oh, about yeah. that.
4: Oh yeah. I don't remember. I ran into a lot of old friends last night at a banquet, and uh, I bet uh, somebody grabbed me on the shoulders as old Dixie Howell. He was the last commanding officer on the island over there, really? and uh, he was a he was a major, and uh, he was a character. The last. uh, airplane that he flew, uh, when he was in the service, he, he flew B, uh, I think he flew B 29s or something like that. Right. Yeah. I believe he did. But, uh, you know, he's in his eighties, uh, late (laughs) eighties, close to 90, I think. And, uh, he's a character boy. He still weight fishes. He loves it. Uh, I was coming back from greens one time and I'm, I'm headed back to Port O'Connor and I saw this one lone weight fisherman out there on the hump. And he was out there, he had a little straw hat on and he's out there waiting. And I, I shut down and told my customers, I said, uh, Let me just ease up here to this guy. I said, He's a character boy. And I, I, I idled over there to him and he, he didn't recognize my boat, you know. And I, I walked up on the bow and I hollered at him. I said, Say, old timer, uh, uh, you know where a guy might catch a trout? Boy, and he looking at me, you know, and he said, Well, I was hoping you'd tell me. <laughs> Boy, he was he was just a, a crouchy old guy, you know. And then he saw who it was and he just smiled, you know. But he uh he's a character. And uh he threw nothing but artificial. That's all he'll throw, you know. I uh I, we had this coffee shop here one day and and he came in there one day and he walked over and he leaned over and he said, Man, I I can't catch a fish. He said, Uh, He said, I had not caught a trout in in, uh, two or three days. And I walked in there one morning. I threw a package of soft plastics over at at him. And I said, uh, I said, try these, Dixie. And I said, they're eating them up. And uh, the next day or a couple of days later, he walked in there and he leaned over on my my table. And he said, uh, he said, he's a a man. He said, it took me about 30 minutes with those to catch a limit. (laughs) I said, they worked, huh? He said, oh they ate that up <laughs> he said that was awesome <laughs> i said i told you so he's a he's a hardware fisherman from way back i guarantee you he loves it he used to love that uh silver spoon that johnson used to put out with the uh, uh chartreuse and uh with the red polka dots on them Remember yeah that? the
3: chartreuse uh Chartreuse and silver uh, Johnson Sprite. I remember those had yeah. the Chartreuse tape on them. I, I and, love uh, that. The love red that dots. Spine. Boy, we nuked
4: a lot of fish on those back in the day. Oh, baby. I'm telling you. What a bait and that I, was. And I was I was somewhere, and I saw they had the the decals, the stick-on deals, that you could get and put on that spoon. And I, I bought a couple of uh, sheets of those, and I gave him a, uh, some of them and uh, because you know you can't find that spoon anymore they don't make that anymore that I know of anyway Mm -hmm. and uh, oh man his eyes lit up when I gave him that (laughs) because we used to use that that spoon a lot especially down in Port Mansfield and uh, we caught trout and ribs on that that was an awesome bait that was my go-to spoon Well, we caught a lot of fish on that one right But anyway, yeah, well, I saw a lot of people oh, last night. Old, uh Sam Caldwell was there, and, you know, Sam, guys like that. He's Sam, still around.
3: Yeah. He's a character. Oh gosh,
4: yes. Oh yeah, he is a character.
3: We come back from the break. I'll tell you a story about old Sam. Him and and Ben Coaching and them booked a trip with me way back in the day when we were all young. I'll tell oh, you yeah. that story. It was pretty funny. I'll uh, oh, yeah. let me knock this break out. I'll be right back, Lynn. Hang on with me. All right. We know Big D Marine, they just had their grand opening for their newest store in Hitchcock, Texas, on Highway 6. That was yesterday. Go by and shop great deals on a fine selection of center console boats like Seapro, Dargle, Seaborn, and Shearwater, outboards by Mercury, Suzuki, and Yamaha. If you mention my name, get a $1,000 and a free 20-hour service on your new rig. And, uh, to, you know, go by and see my good friend Chad Hill there, Been hunting and fishing with him for over 40 years. Call them at 409-938-448. That's Big D Marines.
1: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect, impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink
5: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Grand opening weekend in Hitchcock, Texas, Highway 6. Don't miss it.
2: Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman.
3: Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio Six Ten Outdoor Show. Five nineteen here in the Bay City on this Sunday morning. Better weather ahead. A little breezy starting out, but uh, it's going to be a nice day. All right, Lynn, we're back, my friend.
4: Well, tell me a story about the.
3: Oh about yeah, family. about Sam and Koshin <laughs> and all of them. It, ah, uh, uh, they. I can't remember what year it was. It's back in the eighties, you know, and. We uh we started out over on the east shoreline, Wade fishing. We caught a few fish over there. I couldn't get nothing going. Well, back then, nowadays it would be a good catch, but back then we're just we're just kind of pecking on them. We caught fifteen, eighteen fish, and I said, man, let's run over to the other side. That tide ought to be still crawling up that other shoreline. So I headed back to the north end of the bay, and we got back there and. On the way to it I'm out there in about eight feet of water just running and it's dead slick. I mean it looked like a ice skating rink. It was there wasn't a bit of breeze. And uh man I run into this ungodly smell of slicks. It just <laughs> I said, man, there's some fish out here in the open. And I shut the boat down and we're trying to you couldn't see the slicks because it was so calm. The whole bay looked like a mirror. And uh there was just enough breeze I remember somebody lit a cigarette and held it up, and the smoke was going from south to north. And I said, Well, they're that way. They're to the south of us. So uh, I started troll motoring. And we kept fishing and troll motoring. And finally, I've I run into those fish and turned the troll motor off. And, buddy, it was a meltdown. It was so hot, though. Oh, my goodness. There wasn't a breath of wind, and we're reeling those big old trout and redfish in every single cast. I mean, we were on some toads, and I'll never forget that. Just You just never know. And they, they liked weight fishing, but they said, hey, we've never had, you know, a boat trip like this. We didn't know you'd catch them out of the boat like that. But that's, huh. you know, vintage Trinity Bay, you know, when you <clears throat> to in those open water
4: schools like that. <clears throat>
3: we that doesn't toads. happen every
4: day. No. Mm-mm.
3: Bunch of big fish.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you what, we used to have a tournament down here. Uh, it was kind of like an, it more more of an invitational deal, but it was called the Highway 35 Shootout.
3: And I remember that. Was, I remember, remember hearing that, about that tournament.
4: Well, it was more uh, outdoor riders, right? And uh, you know,
3: Koshan
4: and and Caldwell and Fred Carr <laughs> and that group. You know, they all put it on, and and it was over at a friend's house, and it was. He had a trailer over there, a mobile home trailer of a big porch on it. And anyway, uh, after the after the tournament, well, they get together, everybody get together out there and have a have a beverage and sit on the porch and and everybody would tell stories about. Well, they'd have the awards ceremony you know, and give. A Is that when they'd put stuff.
3: a shock collar on you, and if you told a lie, they hit you with a shock collar? I remember that's that, what man. I, was I remember hearing that's stories was you, about yeah. that. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious.
4: Oh, Caldwell was, he was, <laughs> everybody would tell stories about what happened during the day, you know, and Caldwell was out there and he was telling a story about somebody that he was fishing with. And, and, sure. um, anyway, uh, uh, the guy that lived across the street from me, uh, got up and walked sure. out there and put a shock collar on him, you know. And It was a bark collar, is what it was. Yeah, and he just put a bark collar on Caldwell because you know Caldwell had that deep voice, you know. Yeah. right. I like that. And he was telling that story, and everybody laughed, you know. And, and Caldwell just stood there, you know, and let him put that bark collar on him. Well, all of a sudden, he's telling that story, and he hit a high point of his story, and when he did, that bark collar nailed him. Boy, <laughs> I mean, it just hammered him. And boy, he screamed, and when he did, it hit him again, and there were people falling off the porch, rolling in the grass. <laughs> they were laughing so hard. It was, it oh, was hilarious. Funny, man.
3: <laughs> it
4: was hilarious. I'm telling you. People were in tears. They were laughing so hard. <laughs> of course, Caldwell didn't think it was very funny. But <laughs> I'd
3: have been, I'd oh, been trying to get that off my neck, buddy. Oh, oh. he
4: was, man. Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> <clears throat> that was funny. But uh, anyway... Yeah, he was there last night. And a lot of a lot of old timers, man. I saw a lot of old, funny ones. That one uh, that one old friend of mine, actually one of my own neighbors here, old Carl Bond, um, he was there last night. I hadn't seen him in a while. He was the one that I, I, I know I told you the story about uh when he was hunting Cape buffalo in Africa and uh that buffalo charged him and um he shot that buffalo on a full charge uh and the guide shot it and shot at it, and uh, and then Carl shot. The buffalo hit the ground. His front legs folded under him. He hit the ground, slid up, and slobbered on his boots. Wow. Now, that's close. <laughs> that's, that's too close. close
3: for comfort there, Bubba.
4: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Carl said that um, when he shot, he wasn't nervous, but when that buffalo stopped, came to a stop and slobbered on his boots, his his knees went to jelly. Just I bet. jelly. Yeah. He could hardly yeah. stand. <clears throat> yeah, that I've professional some... hunter. That professional hunter retired and uh wrote a book about his hair raising experiences while he was a hunt professional hunter, and one of the chapters was about Carl and that particular story, that, that incident. Mm-hmm. But they were stalking uh this these Cape Buffalo and they were in you know, a walking on a dry creek bed around this, uh, the, around these Buffalo. And they said the grass was about eight feet high and that Buffalo came out of that grass, charged them. And wow. he said, he said, they just spun around and that guy had fired. And then Carl said he shot and his bullet went right up the nose of that Buffalo. And he said, um, he said, when I, when I shot, I wasn't even nervous. He said, it was just like instinct, you know,
3: right. He said,
4: I just swung around and I fired and that buffalo just full charge. And they said that front legs folded under him and he hit the ground and slid right up to me and just stopped and slobbered on my boots.
3: That's a life or death moment right there, Bub. You better know it.
4: You better I remember
3: know watching a a lion video where they shot this lion and uh well, they didn't kill it, they crippled it. The guy didn't hit it right, and here it comes charging, and it was way off. And before before he could lock another round in that gun, bolt another one in there, that lion was already almost up to him, charging him. And he shot, and the hunter did, and you could see uh, the bullet hit the ground, dust flies everywhere. Then all the, the pH and another pH, I guess, were there. I don't know. But the cameraman, it had two videos. One cameraman bailed. Totally bailed out of the situation and one kept rolling. And uh it looked like the PH had a uh Browning Auto five with buckshot in it and he dumped it in there and that l- line hit the ground and slid right up to him. Mm. It uh that was as close as you want one. Mm-hmm. Kinda like that Cape Buffalo story you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, That's, uh, I'll tell you what, that first shot makes all the difference in the world. You better be on with it. I know it's hard. That's to, right.
4: Because that adrenaline you know. kicks in. And, <laughs> you know. Oh, man. Lord
3: Ooh. have mercy.
4: Oh, yeah. The only thing I think worse than that would be an elephant, you know, charging you. I mean, how do you stop them, you know? Good grief. I'm telling yeah, you. I don't that's... want any part of that. Mm-mm. No, I don't either. No. I saw something on Facebook a couple of days ago where – a leopard jumped into this window, car window uh over there in Africa after the driver. And he oh, was Lord. halfway into the window getting after that driver. I can't imagine a leopard, you know, halfway into a window. Do you think he scratched that old boy? <laughs> I
3: Ooh, saw a guy man. get bit by a leopard on a hunt just like that. That leopard charged and, uh, it bit through his chest and you could hear that guy screaming like a, like a little girl when that oh, leopard goodness. had a hold of him and oh, those man. puncture wounds. And, and, uh, they shot, they shot that leopard off of that guy, but, oh, uh, boy, they, it was, uh, well, I don't know whether the guy died or what. I mean, he was in bad shape. Mm. I saw yeah. a video of that one time. That'll make you think twice. I mean, it, he grabbed him all the way around the chest. And this was a big, stout man. That real leopard mm. grabbed him like he was a rag doll.
4: Mm-hmm. Man, <clears throat> I don't want any part of that. No. No. Those mountain no, lions are big enough <laughs> for me. Oof. Right. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, a friend that's of mine fine. that hunted over in Africa, he uh, and they, they hunted leopards. And uh, he said uh, they wounded one. And the guy mm. that was going in after this leopard, they <laughs> took uh, they took all kinds of uh, clothing and uh, coats and jackets and stuff, and he put them on because he said that's what they do. They a leopard will go after you just right, right to your chest. Yeah, that's, that's what where they, they
3: bit for. this guy was the chest. You know, like other cats, they go for the head. Like a mountain lion will go for the head
4: mm-hmm. nine times out of right. ten. But that mm, leopard mm. said a leopard just go right right to your chest. Yeah.
3: That's what it did with that guy in that video I watched. Pretty pretty nutsy. Man, you oh. go into the brush after a crippled uh, wild animal, you gotta have some brass, buddy.
4: <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. Yeah, I had a customer in stand with me and a big old uh big bobcat, actually big male, uh came walking out and was walking along in this this guy, this guy wanted to shoot it. And I said, uh, You got to mount it? He said, I will. I said, Okay, and take him. Well, he shot. And when he shot, that bobcat jumped up in the air, did a complete flip in the air, and landed on the ground and ran in the brush. And I said, Oh, great. Now we got a crippled cat in uh-huh. the brush that I got to go after. So this is really good. So we get out of the stand, <clears throat> walked over there, <clears throat> excuse me, and I looked in the brush. And I could see him laying in there about 10 yards back in the brush. And this guy said, is he dead? I said, well, I hope he is. When I <laughs> no, poke he's him with taking a, stick, a
3: nap, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he I just said, got I shot, and him. he's taking a nap resting
4: up. <laughs> I said, Cause I poke him with a stick, he's going to be all over me <laughs> <laughs> if he's not.
3: <laughs> yeah, and, go over uh, and pick him up and find out.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: Can you imagine... Yeah. By uh, walking up picking up a wounded bobcat and letting him get all over you, they're nasty, man. Oh, my goodness.
4: And he was a pound big one. Pound for pound, that's
3: you. a pretty bad-to-the-bone little animal right there, man.
4: Ooh, I'm telling you. <laughs> he was a big one, too. Big old Tom. <laughs> big but old Tom. Man. But anyway. All right.
3: Let me do another break. I'll be right back, man, as the world clear. Right, here. Man. All right, I'll be right back to you, buddy. All right, you're listening to The Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents the Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman.
3: Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, let's go back to Liam Smith. All right, Liam, we're back, my friend.
4: Yeah, uh, last night I was uh, at the banquet in uh I'm sitting with this buddy of mine. His uh, he got a text on his uh, phone, and uh, he got a picture sent to him by his uh, his daughter, and his uh, grandson uh, won that legend tournament. They won that legend uh, down there in Corpus, and uh, his grandson's Col- Colton uh, Kipling.
3: Yeah, and, Kipling and them won it. I never did find the. Uh, I've been looking all morning for the uh, the post. Yeah, morning. they won it. You know, the finals
4: they won it. I
3: and know there fact, was a nine seventeen caught yesterday. A guy caught a nine seventeen, I don't know, about eight oh, or nine he? o'clock. I saw the video of that. What a toad. Well
4: I don't know who caught it, but uh I think that was the last legend tournament of the for the year. Yeah. And uh Colton won uh he won the uh, Angler of the Year.
3: Yeah, team the
4: team year or angler of the year, yeah. Yeah, he got angler of the year. And awesome. Then, uh, Colton and his uh, two uh, Blackwell brothers they they won the tournament, and uh, boy, they won some hefty money in that deal.
3: Yeah, the last tournament, I think the winning team walked out of there with about sixty-eight grand, and it should have been more in this one because there was a lot more teams. This one, they won seventy-five. Wow, that's yeah. uh, that's a good weekend, buddy. <laughs> that's not a bad weekend. <laughs> hey, that's a good you year know. for a lot of people.
4: <laughs> oh man i'm telling you
3: that'll pay off I'm, some credit cards and fishing debt <laughs> Ooh, won't it? it yeah i mean it's, they want it's a boat. big money to play these tournaments i mean if you spend a whole year doing it and hitting it hard i mean you got to win one to you know make any kind of money at all
4: oh yeah oh yeah well last year they won a boat you know right and uh, i don't know about this year i, I don't know if they Won another boat or not. I I don't know if they did, but. Man, I don't know. They may have. But they didn't say anything about a boat, but probably didn't this year. They just won money, but. And then Colton won. He won $9,200 for Angler of the Year. Man. To go along with that 75000
3: That's a shot in the arm.
4: Isn't it? Man. Yeah, that's major money.
3: Yes, it is. Yes, it is.
4: Anyway, he and his dad came by my booth at the fishing show. We we shot the bull for about an hour, you know, shooting the bull. Mm-hmm. That's, he's a good young man. He uh, he uh, good hard fisherman, you know. But uh, he's uh, he's earned his dues. He just turned twenty one.
3: You look at all these young up. guys coming up now that are that are such good fishermen and everything. They came, you know, they came out of the right mold from the old school guys that did it right. And, uh, mm-hmm. these guys are doing it right. And, uh, my hat's off to them.
4: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They, for uh, sure. they,
3: res- they respect the resource and, 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 uh, they're players, man. I'm, I That's can't right. say enough good things about them. I really can't.
4: That's right.
3: It makes our yeah, future
4: look brighter. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And, uh, He's a good, hard fisherman, and uh, I hope the best for him. He's yeah. uh, He's been doing good, man. Oh, I wish I could go
3: back to 21 years old and know what I know yeah. now. Isn't that <laughs> the truth? And have all the equipment we have now and all the good oh, stuff. Man. Oh, Lord.
4: Oh, man. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Just Grief. Uh, I thought the same thing looking back at the at the, the reels that uh, we used back then and uh, oh, the yeah. lures that we had. Oh, man. There's I remember time, when they, I mean,
3: I mean, I remember when the mirror lures came out. I mean, we just went crazy over them. We've been throwing oh, yeah. plug-in shorties and bingos and humps and, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Florida, what do they call Florida shiners, those balsa wood baits. That had the yeah. uh, piggy perch pattern and stuff on them. We'd throw those a lot in the surf Boy,
4: Big trout loved that bait. And uh, I remember the first time I ever saw a bass assassin. I was fishing in San Luis Pass.
3: Right. <laughs> and a
4: buddy of mine said, "You seen one of these?" I went, "What is that?" <laughs> you know? And he said, "Oh, they just they just came out with these." I said, "Let me have one of those." He gave me one. I think first cast I caught about a six pound trout on it. It was probably it. a and red shad. It may have been, yeah. I know my favorite color in that bait was uh red flash. That
3: the red flash favorite. or the Texas red. Both those were yep. great,
4: man. Oh, uh, yeah. I think
3: the red flash was just red, the dark red back. And then the red, the glitter inside the red, the silver glitter. Yeah. And then and, the, and a
4: silver belly. silver. Right. Belly
3: and then it. the Texas red was, uh, that same color, but it had the cream belly on it. You know, the white underlying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, that was <coughs> good. One. Oh gosh. Yes. Texas oh, man, red. That, that
4: red flash was my go-to bait in the summertime
3: now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially in that water you got down there.
4: Oh, yeah. Boy, when the sun was out, oh, look out, for! I mean,
3: my look girl, how long we've foot. been doing this, and purple and red baits have always just stole the show, you know, oh, day yeah. in and day out. Anything with purple or red in it, the fish <clears> have just devoured it over the years. Oh, way yeah. Back. I mean, look at. Look at Kelly Wiggler when Pat Kelly came out with that bait company with a shrimp tail. I mean, mm-hmm. there wasn't a fisherman alive on the Texas coast that didn't have a strawberry white tail Kelly Wiggler.
4: Isn't that the truth? Yeah.
3: Remember, <laughs> there's so many giant trout caught on that bait.
4: Oh, man. Yeah. Or root beer colored. Yeah. You know. That was good bait. That root was great beer. color.
3: Yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, that one with the glitter in it and the fire glow tail, we called that Hollywood. Mm-hmm. That, man, I caught some big trout, especially in East. That was a killer color and bait combination in uh, East Bay over the years. I oh, yeah. caught some, some pigs on that bait. Oh, man. But,
4: you know, we could go, still go back to those old baits and still catch fish on them. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. they're, they're still going to catch fish on them. But uh, we just Remember don't go when back. Paul anymore.
3: Brown came out with the shrimp tails with the little legs on them?
4: Uh-huh.
3: Oh, boy. Man, yeah, let's we write a book on that. Oh, Skinny, man. Whiskers.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, we all went to those. You better know it. Yep, we did.
3: That was the closest thing that looked like a shrimp there was back then. And he. Uh, oh, you bet. He made one, uh, him and Hoagie were, they made the electric blue with the white tail on it. It was called, uh, we called them cool tips. Man, that, mm-hmm. that bait worked in, in deep water, off-colored water, clear water. It just, that electric blue just stood out. Those fish just went crazy for about three or four years off that bait.
4: Yeah.
3: And the Isn't smoke, that funny how
4: the one particular color will work for about three years? You know yeah. that?
3: Yeah. And then, about that smoke with the uh, chartreuse tail?
4: Remember that one? Oh, my oh, yeah. goodness. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You better know it. And uh, But, you know, some of those colors uh, will work in a certain color water mm-hmm. and that uh, normally shouldn't work in that particular color of water. And, and, I mean, it's amazing. I was in Baffin one time, and a buddy of mine, uh, was down there with me and, and he was just stroking the fish, man. I mean, he was smoking them, standing in this one spot. And I finally waded over it to him. I said, what in the world are you throwing, man? What, are you, what color are you throwing? <laughs> and he told me, and I said, you gotta be kidding me. And this was when the, uh, the water down there was really off color. You know, that's when we yeah, had a lot of that brown tide stuff, brown tide. Oh, uh-huh. it was, oh, it was horrible. And uh, you'd have never guessed what color he was throwing, you know. And I said, You gotta be kidding me. And uh, I said, Well, give me one of those. <laughs> he gave me one, I mean, first cast, I was hooked up, you know. And uh, but I mean, it's just weird, like some of the colors that those fish will hit in a certain color of water.
3: Man, I remember I mean, in yeah. the late 80s or some, somewhere in that time frame, 80s, early 90s, I can't remember. Man, the wells. In the middle of Trinity Bay was just they were just loaded with fish. I mean, big fish up to seven and eight pounds on them. You know, trout and the best color we had kind of a. It wasn't tea stained, but it was just you know we had a little bit of fresh water coming down the Trinity River and it was kind of mixing in with a the green <clears throat> salty water and it was just a just a funky looking color, water and candy corn. I mean, who oh, an old yellow shrimp tail with an orange tail on it looked like candy corn. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would they were gobbling that thing. I mean, that was the only time it ever worked was that one summer. I never caught anything else, you know, to mount anything after that. But, yeah. But boy, that particular funny you color say- that summer, it was just nuts.
4: Well, it's funny you said that because uh, Bass Assassin sent me some, and that's what they called them, you know, candy, candy corn. Candy corn, yeah. And, uh, and uh, I was headed to Baffin and uh, with some friends and uh, so we got down there and uh, one of my buddies said uh, well what are you going to throw I said, well here i threw him a sack of those candy corn bass assassins i said here they sent me this color i said uh, this is a new color they just came out with why don't you try these and so we were kind of laid out in the line of us you know and we were we were fishing around some rocks and and uh this guy every time he'd hook a fish boy he'd make a a loud holler, you know, and he'd look around over there, boy, and he'd be bowed up. And I looked over here and I said, I said, What are you throwing? And he'd holler, Candy corn. <laughs> and he'd be bowed up, boy. And he caught, he, he just loaded up on him on that candy corn. And I don't think I've ever seen anybody fish that color since. I really haven't. I had never. I never threw it. I never threw it. Never did.
3: But, you know, we uh, did that one summer. I mean, it, it just worked there for a couple of months. You know, when that water was just had that funky look to it, and man, those trout were devouring that bait. Mm-hmm. But hadn't
4: seen it since. So well, it's like lime truce. Mm-hmm. Lime truce, uh, bass assassins. That color. You know, one year that's that's all they wanted. You know, lime truce. And uh, I, man, I tell you what, I, we just smoked them on that color. Just mm-hmm. wore them out on that. You know, I never forget. I had uh, I had two guys that were going to fish a little tournament, and uh, I went down the shoreline, the south shoreline here, and got down this one spot. And uh, I told them, I said, guys, I said, this is the color they want right here. And we, we got out of the boat, and this guy, one guy, said, Well, I'm going to throw. Uh, um, I'm going to throw plum and chartreuse and this other guy, so I'm going to throw red and white. I said, okay. So we get out of the boat. and I'm stringing about the seventh or eighth trout, you know, and they hadn't had a bump.
3: <laughs> and
4: uh, we're about a couple hundred yards from the boat. And one of them said, uh, you got any more of those lime trous?" I said, yeah, but the farther we get in the boat, the more expensive they get. <laughs> you got <Yeah>? that right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I told you what they hit. Well, they won't listen to me. But anyway, I said, "Why do you, why do you get a guide?" <laughs> you,
3: know? you get a hot bait going, and uh, boy, you can put some pressure on your your fellow oh, yeah. fishermen with it when you're half a mile from the boat. And man, you get them going on one particular bait, one particular color. That's why I like to try and carry. If I got a pretty good idea. That that's what I'm gonna catch them on that day. I'll have some backups you know to give to people,
4: oh absolutely. But, uh, yeah yeah i I always carry backups, you know for sure and uh, last year I got down on a on a reef uh, down here along the ship channel, and um this I had three guys that were good good uh, lure fishermen, and um they were waiting along that reef. Uh one of, them, one of them was, well, two of them were way ahead of me, and they weren't getting anything. They weren't hooking up on anything. And uh, I went to uh, one of these new new baits, and all of a sudden, boy, I was I was hooking up every cast. And um, I hollered at him. I said, come here. I hollered at this one guy. I said, come over here. And he weighed over to me, and I gave him a couple of baits out of this bag, and I said, try this. This is what they're hitting. And it was every cast. You know, just every single cast with this one particular color. And uh I finally got these other two guys over there. But that's all they wanted was that one color. And what it was, it was one of those uh knock and tail baits. Yeah. You know, with that with that rattle in the tail. Right. And the color is heavy metal. And um I love that color. And uh
3: Heavy man, metal. Played, what color what color combo is that?
4: It's it's kind of a a gold metal flake, mm-hmm. it's a gold metal flake, clear with a gold metal flake, and I they you, were okay. jumping all over that. They were jumping all over it. I mean, mm-hmm. it was every cast. Now, of course, we have good sunshine, we had good good color, good shine.
3: Well, that's when yeah. them glitter baits really work good, and we got clean water and a lot of sunlight, and uh, oh yeah, it, just, it lights it up. You know, it oh yeah, it's way but, more uh, reflective boy they were they were
4: hammering that bait
3: yeah like uh non you know real cloudy overcast uh low light condition days that's when i like darker Uh huh. you know just no glitter baits you know just leaves a better silhouette
4: you know a target for them exactly i agree that's that's what i do too and uh i do the same thing but um but boy when that sun comes out you better pull out something with some glitter you know get their attention
3: we had a fall one year up in the top end of trinity where the water was just it was too clear it was just terrible i mean Mm -hmm. you'd have to hunt off colored areas to fish to be able to catch fish and i took uh took some guys one morning we got over to the uh up on the north ridge up there in the fall in october which back then you know spoons were really good in the fall you know that early run they were on shad so much Had gotten off that shrimp after they moved in from the deep into the shallows for the fall run, and man, them bronze spoons, them copper spoons, <laughs> you couldn't get one back. I mean, you could catch them on other spoons, silver, you know, silver always worked real good in that air clear water at times, but uh, for whatever reason that year, a copper spoon with a red bucktail on it couldn't be beat. I mean, we were mm-hmm. catching some huge fish on that bait, and. uh The quarter ounce was better than the half or the three-quarter. They were Mm -hmm. wanting that smaller copper spoon. And uh, Mm. we got to playing around because, I mean, that water was so clear that year. I could be out in eight feet of water and see the bottom. I could see every clam shell on the bottom. It was just terrible. We'd actually see these huge black spots coming at you while you're boat fishing, and you would think that it was uh, a big ball of bait, you know, shad or something. It was schools of trout. Oh, my goodness. It'd be a bait ball 50 yards in circumference coming at you, you'd think, and it was all trout in it. They were just that tight swimming together, and, boy, we used to wear them out in that clear water Mm. like that.
4: Mm. Man, I've seen it like that here, you know. um, Yeah, I mean, Trinity Bay used to
3: get like that. I mean, that's what it reminded me of was, you know, Port O'Connor and Rockport and all that. I said, look how clean this water is out here. Well, all out mm-hmm. in Effleys, around those wells and stuff, in the early fall, you can see the bottom.
4: Yeah, that's just too clear here.
3: Yeah, it is. We'd look for off colored spots. That's when, you know, mud boil fishing was big back then, I and mean, all them herds of drum would get to, you know, tearing the bottom up, and then uh, it would attract the trout and reds in there with them, and uh, uh-huh. they pretty much. Even our big schools of mullet, they would go out deep and uh, swarm like bees and stir the bottom up so they could hide in that dirty water to keep the predators off of them.
4: Right, right, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, It uh, that's what we look for is a little off-color water, you know.
3: Yes, especially oh, down absolutely. your way.
4: Oh, yeah, because we got a lot of grass.
3: Man, I remember the first time I came down and waited Port O'Connor way back in the day and I'm going, man. This is like heaven down here. All the grass and potholes, and it it was addicting. All you no. wanted to do was wade fish and throw it potholes.
4: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, same way, you know. When I, I mean, I grew up fishing Sabine Lake, you know. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. You grew up on the upper coast where you didn't see water like that.
4: That's right. And uh, I came down to to fish uh, at Port O'Connor, and I went, "Oh my goodness! I mean, what?" This is awesome. I mean, you got grass, you got archer, you got sand, you got everything. You know? Yeah,
3: I told my dad, I said, no wonder Rudy Greger left up here and moved down to port O'Connor. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this is awesome, you know. Yeah, I said, man, this is heaven. And when I decided to, to uh, hang it up and move down to the coast, you know, for for good, I said, uh, I think I'll go to port O'Connor because we got everything right here. This is a. This is all I ever want. Yeah, you know. that used to
3: be a real tiny little fishing community, and man, boy, has it grown!
4: Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, but you know, it's still. I mean, during the week, uh, it's still you can find some solitude. You know, you right. can you can get out there and during the week, and you can, you can fish areas. There's still yeah. there's still some solitude. I uh, I can go I can go some areas that I may fish all day, maybe see one more boat. You know. That kind of
3: deal. But, um, how's oh, old like Red Gallagher. Childers doing? He's still kicking, isn't
4: he? Oh, yeah. I had lunch I, with him the other day. I used
3: to love going down there and the, eating a hamburger with him and hanging out, you know, at that old hamburger joint that used to have the hole in the floor in it down there.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that place yeah. called? Strikers. Strikers.
3: Strikers. That's it, man. That, yeah. uh, old Red. He had some yeah. stories.
4: Oh, gosh. He was on uh, AJ Fort's pit crew
3: yeah he was
4: way back in the day
3: he's seen some things in his days bud
4: oh gosh yes yes (laughs) yeah i had lunch with him last week matter of fact we had lunch you ever see him again tell him i
3: said hello i always liked old red i always thought i
4: will i told him about that picture i told him about that picture i showed you uh you know we were all at that tournament because you and you and myself and and, oh, uh,
3: that you know what that was? That was the Salty Dog Rumble.
4: Is that what that was?
3: Yeah, they had one in Galveston too, and had one down. Brett Crawford with uh, All Star Rods put that on. Remember?
4: Yes, yes, sure did. And we I run into Brett to, every once in a while. Right. I run mm. into him every once in a while here in POC. Their
3: uh, logo was that uh, bulldog with a patch over his eye. It's called the Salty yes. Dog Rumble. I remember that.
4: That's right. Yeah, right.
3: I just thought of that when you, you know, when you sent me that picture, and we were trying to remember the last time what tournament that was. it was that's what it was, Salty Dog Rumble. I'll be darned. Yeah. Oh man, the good old days, buddy.
4: I'm telling you. Yes, sir.
3: Well, well, was, man, you have a good Sunday, and I always enjoy talking to you, Lynn. It brings back a lot of a lot of good memories from from the past. Yes, it does, and
4: present. That you know, was back when, when Moby Dick was a minnow.
3: That's exactly right, and we're still looking for him.
4: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
3: I'm looking for him with spots all over him. Well, hey, man, there if somebody go. wants to call you about coming fishing with you, Lynn, how do they get a hold of you, buddy?
4: Yes, sir, they give me at uh, 361-935-6833. All right, my friend.
3: Lynn, always a pleasure. You have a good Sunday, and uh, catch him up. All right, will do.